Hi, and welcome to Headline Talks, our podcast on European news coverage and those at the heart of it. My name is Marco Garcia. I'm the senior researcher producer at Headline News Facilities Productions in Brussels. Our talk today is a little bit different from previous episodes, as we'll be diving into one particular topic, namely abortion in the EU, and how this has been affected by recent political developments in Europe and the world. Three months ago, on the 24th of June 2022, the US Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. This is a case from 1973, in which the Supreme Court had ruled that the right to abortion is fundamental and that state laws banning abortion were not constitutional. In the aftermath of the ruling, in 1973, several state and federal abortion laws were eliminated or changed. But, almost 50 years later, Roe v. Wade was overturned with the argument that the right to abortion was not, quote, deeply rooted in the history or tradition of the U.S. nation. In short, three months ago, the U.S. Supreme Court ended the federal constitutional right to abortion. Today, the Supreme Court of the United States expressly took away a constitutional right from the American people that it had already recognized. They didn't limit it, they simply took it away. This also made headlines in the EU. U.S. Supreme Court has dealt a devastating blow to abortion rights. It's a dark development. Soon after, reports started emerging of American anti-abortion groups funding similar organizations in Europe to try to reverse abortion laws here. At the same time, there are increasingly political discourses that question abortion laws, for example, in Hungary. So today we want to look into how exactly the overturning of Roe versus Wade and other political trends happening in the EU are impacting abortion laws and abortion conditions in Europe. To talk about this in more detail, I am delighted to welcome my wonderful colleague Lisa Powells, junior researcher producer at Headline. Hi Lisa, lovely to have you here in the studio. Hi Margot, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. So Lisa, in Europe over 95% of women of reproductive age live in countries that allow abortion on request or on broad social grounds. I'm personally 29 years old, so for me and for most women of my age and generation, abortion seems to be an established right that has always been there. But is it really an established right in Europe? Yes, so in many EU countries, they have been liberalizing reproductive rights and abortion laws for women. So over the past 20 years, we've seen more freedoms for women in that department. And even in more recent years, for example, in Ireland, the public voted to overturn the strict abortion ban in the country in a 2018 referendum. So It's very recent. Yes, exactly. But however, the right to abortion remains a fragile one right. And we've seen a different trend in, in several European countries as well. The main example being Poland. It is the only EU member state in recent decades to remove a ground for legal abortion from its law. The Polish government in 2020 and in January 2021 severely cut back on abortion rights, limiting access to abortion only when the pregnancy is a result of a criminal act or when the woman's health is in danger. You've lived in Poland? Yes, I've lived there, I've studied there and I go back very often. So it's almost like a second home? Yes, exactly. So have you seen this evolution since you lived there yourself? Yes, definitely. It's hard not to notice how women's rights in Poland have changed over the years. When I first lived there, the current government, the peace government, had just came into power and 
even back then, Poland already didn't have the most liberal abortion laws. But more recently, in, in October 2020, the Polish Constitutional Tribunal decided that abortion on severe and irreversible fetal defects or incurable illness that threatens the fetus's life, that was unconstitutional. So this was mid-pandemic and normally Polish women, if they wanted to get an abortion, they would travel to Germany or to other countries nearby where abortion is legal and easily accessible. But because of the pandemic, there were travel restrictions and they couldn't leave the country. So from my friend, I've heard some, some heartbreaking stories where that was concerned. So it has had an effect on society in Poland, for sure. We saw a lot of footage of intense protests for abortion rights in Poland. Did your friends participate in those? Uh, yes, for sure. I think most of my friends did participate in the women's movement in Poland. And I think one of my friends, she even has socks with the symbol of the movement on. So um, it's very much something that is still alive, I think. Has it always been a divisive issue in Poland or is that something that has emerged in recent years? Mm, I think it has definitely emerged because of the recent decisions. It has always been slumbering present, but because the 2020 ban is so strict and severely impacting women in the country, it made for a more explosive reaction. So there's definitely that. And of course, Poland is a quite a religious country where this is more taboo, I think, than, for example, with us in Belgium. Are there any other EU member states where reproductive rights have proven to be more fragile, perhaps, than expected in recent years? Yes, definitely. For example, in Hungary, where abortion is legal on many grounds, there are still many obstacles that make accessing abortion harder. For example, there's a mandatory waiting period. You have to have mandatory counseling, which by law is biased because it has was made to persuade women to continue the pregnancy. And it's also not covered by public health insurance. So there's that. And this goes together with the conservative Orban government, which promotes so-called traditional values to promote birth rate in the country. Another example of this is a recent decree that has been issued that states that women who want to get an abortion have to listen to the fetus heartbeat. So that's also very impactful. So we've mentioned Roe versus Wade, which was overturned three months ago. Did that have an impact on the situation in Europe? Yes. Yeah, so although the situation in Europe is different than in the United States, member states decide separately on this and so on. Abortion rights are also not included in the EU chapter of fundamental rights. However, when Roe versus Wade was overturned, the decision sparked European members of parliament to call for abortion also to be included in the EU Charter of Fundamental Rights. It is a reminder that hard-won rights cannot be taken as a given. Denying abortion care to a 10-year-old victim of rape it's not a policy based on another person's political opinion. It is a form of state-supported gender-based violence. There was a lot of outrage and shock, I think, in many communities in Europe as well. Many people spoke out against it. People protested on and offline in solidarity with US women. 
But on the other hand, there's also a fear amongst uh, pro-abortion petitioners that the success of the anti-abortion movement in the US might spark a similar movement in Europe, I think, and undo the rights that are already won here. Have you seen any concrete examples of groups in the US actually trying to influence the debate here in Europe? Yeah, so for example, there's this report from the European Parliamentary Forum for Sexual and Reproductive Rights. That's a pro-abortion access network that connects members across European parliaments with a liberal stance on sexual and reproductive rights. This report says that US Christian rights organizations and foundations have channeled over $81.3 million to Europe over a period of 10 years, so that's a lot. That's a huge amount. Who is receiving that money and what is happening with it? So first of all, these large US anti-abortion lobby groups, they often have offices in European countries and they try to influence local groups that way. But they also have financial links with organizations that are based here. For example, there's an organization called the European Center for Law and Justice. It's based in Strasbourg in France. And it received uh, $1.2 million annually from its parents' organization in the US. The name doesn't have you suspect it has anything to do with abortion rights, but the European Center for Law and Justice is actually a known advocate for anti-abortion positions, lobbying on a national level as well as on a European level. It also assists anti-abortion organizations with legal advice and so on. Do you know any examples of how these groups try to influence how people think about abortion? Yes, definitely. For example, research by NOS, the Dutch public broadcaster, showed that the anti-abortion movement is also trying to gain ground in the Netherlands. Many schools are supposedly hosting guest lessons by anti-abortion organizations. That's quite remarkable. Is that a common practice? Um, so I couldn't find any specific statistics on that, but uh, from my own experience, I can say that it's done in Belgium as well. Really? Uh, yeah. When I was 11, maybe 12 years old, my teacher invited such a guest lecturer from a Christian anti-abortion organization to give our sex education classes. She had us watch a video of a fetus in the womb and um, she even sold keychains with fetuses. And so what was the reaction from children in the classroom, but also parents. So there were quite a divided reaction. There was a lot of controversy since I went to a public school and sex education in Belgium, it's compulsory aspect of that has to be taught in the last year of primary school. So it's supposed to be taught by the teacher itself, but my teacher, he didn't want to be involved in this. So he invited this guest lecturer to, to do so. But actually not everyone was as shocked as some parents. Some children even bought the keychains and so on. So I can imagine that it has an effect. It works. And what was the impact on you personally? So personally for me, my parents decided for me and my sister to change schools because they thought it was not appropriate to have these types of lectures in a public school. Roe versus Wade has shown what the impact can be of a political context on that debate. As the US Supreme Court was dominated by Republican appointed justices when it was overruled. In Europe, we've recently seen political discourses that focus on rather conservative notions of family structures and reproductive rights and that appear more critical of existing abortion laws. For example, uh, 
in the week that this was recorded, we saw that Giorgia Meloni's recent election victory in Italy could impact abortion conditions there. Is that a political evolution that we are seeing in Europe? Yes, you could say that in a way the far right in Europe is making a comeback. For example, with Sweden's Swedish Democrats victory and even more recently Giorgia Meloni's Fratelli d'Italia, as you've already talked about. Soy una mujer. Soy una madre. Soy italiana. Soy cristiana. No me lo pueden quitar. No me lo van a quitar. And also with far-right and conservative parties traditionally being much more anti-abortion, this is something that people are expecting that maybe will change as well. For example, in Italy, after it was announced that Roe versus Wade was overturned, Simone Pillon of the far-right Lega party, which is a coalition party of Giorgia Meloni, tweeted that it was a great victory. But on the other hand, Giorgia Meloni, the leader of Fratelli d'Italia, she minimized the relevance of the American abortion debate by stating that the US and Italy, they have profoundly different legal systems and they cannot be compared. Abortion is also not on her agenda at the moment, as we know of, but she has spoken out against it, however, on multiple occasions. And we see that in regions where her party has been in power for a while, such as the Le Marque region, abortion rights have dwindled because access to it has been made harder. It is a priority policy for brothers of Italy, so Fratelli d'Italia and Lega, to reverse Italy's so-called declining birth rate. And one way of achieving that is they believe to reduce abortions by providing financial incentives to encourage women to carry through a pregnancy. We've talked about the situation in different EU member states where in recent years reproductive rights have come under discussion again or have proven more fragile than anticipated. Do you think we could see a kind of large scale of scaling back of abortion law such as in the US? So I think it's hard to compare it because we have a very different context uh, here in the European Union and different e European countries than we have in the US. We have a different legal framework and so on. But on the other hand, there has been a trend that where, where there have been some changes in abortion laws and so on. In any case, I suspect that it will remain a very divisive topic. So it will in any case remain a very interesting topic to follow in all these different member states. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you for being here, Lisa. I'll see you downstairs in the office as well, but uh, it was lovely to speak to you here in the studio. Thank you and see you at the coffee machine. Perfect. <laughs>